You're listening to AIB Market Talk, bringing you financial market insights from AIB's experts. Hello and welcome to our AIB Market Update on Tuesday the 14th of February 2023. I'm Jane Kavner from our Corporate Treasury Desk and I am joined this week by AIB Senior Economist John Fahey to discuss the recent central bank meetings and look to the weeks ahead. John, since our last podcast, the ECB, Bank of England and the Fed all had their first meetings of the year, all delivering hikes in line with market expectations. And I guess the conversation is beginning to turn now more towards where they will peak and indeed when they will in fact start to cut. Yes, it's been a busy few weeks over the last fortnight since we uh, last spoke. Uh, you know, we had teed up the central bank meetings as been as key events. As you say, there were the first uh, policy decisions from all those central banks uh, for this year. Uh, so what we saw was the actual policy decisions from those three central banks in terms of the Fed, ECB and Bank of England in line with expectations. Uh, the Fed high 25 base points so brings the target range for the Fed funds rate uh, to 4.5 to 4.75. Uh, so that was in line with expectations. Uh, the market kind of was uh, took a, uh, the overall view. Now, there was no updated uh, forecast from the Fed. It was just... Uh, the uh, press conference. There was no major reaction on futures contracts uh, to that, uh, so there was no major overall reaction post the Fed meeting. Bank of England, they hiked as expected by 50 basis points, uh, but in terms of the market reaction there, the market kind of took a more dovish interpretation uh, of that, uh, and there was some revised guidance uh, from the Bank of England that was less hawkish than previously. They removed the word forcefully uh, around the need to deliver further uh, interest rate uh, increases. Uh, and then finally, we had the ECB meeting, which, uh, again, as elsewhere, in line with expectations, a 50 basis points hike. So the depot rate now is at 2.5%. And uh, we saw uh, President Lagarde in the press conference guide the expectation that the plan is uh, another 50 basis points uh, at its next meeting uh, around the middle of March. So, you know, when we take everything together there, where we assess and where markets are. We've had a little bit more volatility in on interest rate markets. So there was no huge movement after those central bank meetings. But what we saw after the stronger than expected uh, US payroll data the previous Friday, so this followed those central bank meetings, a much stronger US labor market report. And then over the last week, we've had you know a raft of central bank speakers out uh, and tend them to maintain their hawkish rhetoric. So on the back of that, we've had a, a further hardening uh, into interest rate expectations. So when we deal with the Fed, Fed has been guiding, it sees the peak uh, above 5% uh, in a range of 5 to 5.25. The market had been more pessimistic uh, on that. It was more price and uh, peaking around 4.8. But because of that stronger than expected payroll data, that's coincided with a hardening in interest rate expectations. So the market now is in line uh, with the Fed's own guidance uh, of a peak in, in rates uh, around 5 to 5.25%. With the Bank of England, market's been between four and a quarter, uh, four and a half. It's hardened a bit uh, over the last week or so, so it's close to four and a half now. And similarly with ECB, you know, where the market was seeing rates uh, in terms of the peak uh, was between three and a quarter and three and a half, and it's veered more towards three and a half uh, in the last week or so in terms of expectations around that. So, you know, where all those prices are at the moment uh, seem fairly consistent with what those respective central banks are saying. I suppose where the big dichotomy is, is that the markets are pricing in that each of those respective central banks will start to cut interest rates uh, either by the end of this year or, or in the first half uh, of 2024 
Uh, and, you know, from all those central banks, what we've been hearing is no indication whatsoever. Like if you look at the ECB, they've talked around keeping rates at sufficiently restrictive levels uh, to make sure that inflation reduces on a sustained basis uh, and the risks uh, they're very concerned about the risks around inflation expectations. So nothing we've heard from the ECB suggests any reversal uh, of policy. In other words, uh, we don't expect the ECB to you know, develop its policy in line where the market sees rate cuts uh, in the early part of next year. Uh, and the ECB's guidance and communications are, you know, that's not going to be the case either. So there is a bit of a disconnect between what the market's expecting towards the end of this year into next year uh, around rate cuts and what those central banks themselves have been guiding but in terms of where the peak of rates are at the moment the market's pretty much in line with fed communications uh between five and five and a quarter bank of england four and a quarter to four and a half somewhere between that seems reasonable and from an ecb perspective three and a quarter to three and a half uh, also seems reasonable given what we're hearing from from that central bank as well brian john can i just take it back then to the ecb so there was 50 basis points that they delivered they have all but sealed to 50 basis points coming up in the March. Yeah, no, they don't hold themselves a hostage to fortune, so it was no. carefully worded. So the intention is to hike by 50 again uh, in March. And As thereafter? Thereafter, uh, we expect then that they would probably slow again the pace of rate hikes. If you think they had gone with 75 towards the end of last year, uh, so uh, what the market is pricing and what seems reasonable at the moment is another 50 basis points in March, given the strong guidance we got from President Lagarde. Uh, and then for the second quarter, there's roughly 50 base points priced in. And the way the markets uh, has it priced is uh, 225 base points rate hikes. And that would make sense that we think the ECB will slow the rate of uh, rate hikes again till it gets to somewhere where it thinks it's sufficiently restrictive. And at the moment, the market settled, that's close to 3.5%. And, and that seems reasonable uh, given the outlook for the Eurozone economy. So in other words, 50 base points in March, uh, and then the general review is 225 base points over the course of the second quarter, with rates peaking uh, at 3.5% for the deposit rate uh, by mid-year uh, and remaining at that level out to the end of 2023. And then cuts potentially further down the road into 2023. Yeah, now the market's pricing in the potential for rate cuts from the ECB uh, at different stages, even had some you know 10 to 15 base points priced in by the end of this year. Uh, but in the first half uh, of next year, the markets expect in our own house view is we don't think the ECB uh, would reverse course on policy uh, as soon as that. Uh, so we think rates remaining uh, at the levels where they peak around mid-year out to the end of 23 and at least uh, through the first half of 24 before the ECB would contemplate. But again, when you're looking that far out, still a very highly uncertain economic environment. Uh, so it's hard to you know have a strong view six months further out from now because it will all depend on you know does inflation start to fall back substantially especially underlying core inflation is it on a sustained basis towards two percent uh, and what's the general economic backdrop in terms of growth in the region as well so you know still a lot of uncertainty uh, around that uh, but where we are at the moment the peak uh, around mid-year of three and a half seems reasonable but we don't think the ecb would reverse course before the end of this year or the early part of next year uh, we think they'll keep policy at restrictive levels uh, over the course uh, of this year fair enough so ecb deparate peaking at three and a half bank of england at four and a quarter yeah four and a quarter the market's fed. close to four and a half at the moment so four and a quarter to four and a half uh, and the fed uh, peak uh, of the midpoint of that range of five to five and a quarter which is 5.125 percent for the fed 
Very good. I suppose then, John, uh, if we move on to the data and going stateside first, you mentioned earlier the non-farm payrolls, which delivered a very punchy number posting, what was it, 517 versus 185,000 expected and the unemployment rate at a 50-year low. So, you know, what does that number tell us and what was the market reaction to that? Yeah, well, a, a reference there that, that the market in terms of expectations. So the market hadn't been pricing uh, the Fed funds rate peaking as much as the central bank itself had been guiding. Suppose that the market had uh, contracts, future contracts had firmed to bring them more in line with that. So in short, the impact that had on the market, the market started to move higher its expectation of the peak of official interest rates uh, in the U.S., uh, now, what we've generally seen uh, in the early part of this year and towards the end of last year, too, is survey data and underlying macro data not been as weak as expected. Data is tending to surprise the upside of expectations now. Uh, so, you know, as we were in September, October, when we looked at the outlook, there was much more pessimism over this year. Now, the general view is that growth would still slow substantially and be very subdued uh, in the U.S., but the U.S. could avoid a technical recession, you're still going to get very subdued growth. But underlying data at the moment suggests that the the weakness uh, in uh, some of the major economies is not as bad as, as previously envisaged. Uh, if you look at the early survey data uh, for the early part of this year, now we're still very early doors uh, for, for 2023, uh, but at least the data hasn't been as weak as had been ex- expected. So the general view is still subdued, very muted growth this year, but maybe not quite as bad as had been envisaged a couple of months back and the impact on that has been we've talked about it, about futures contracts hardening and rate expectations from a currency viewpoint what we've seen is that you know in the last week or so uh, we saw the euro start to slip back a little bit against the dollar because euro has been helped over the last while with the fact the ecb has started to it was late to the party in terms of height rate hikes it started to catch up it's still some way back in in absolute and relative terms of rates where they are uh, but that had helped to the euro against the dollar, if you think we got back up above parities, we moved through Q4 of last year. Uh, and, you know, we traded uh, high above 110 briefly, uh, close to 110 uh, this year. Uh, so in the last week, because markets have hardened in terms of their rate expectations in the US, we've seen the dollar regain a little bit of ground. So euro dollar has gone back below uh, that 107 level. And I think it's just indicative of what to expect for the year ahead. There's going to be a lot more volatility and sensitivity to macro releases. Because the two things that markets are focused on is where will official interest rates peak and then when will central banks start to reverse course on policy and markets will react to the data to what it's telling them on that so that's what we saw from a payroll perspective it was stronger than expected uh, interest rate contracts and expectations hardened uh, we saw the euro uh, lose some ground against the dollar uh, on the back of that so we expect that trend to continue right through this year uh, where markets are very reactive uh, to key data that the central banks look at as they inform their policy decisions. So that's especially in relation to the labour market, payroll data in the US, labour market data in the UK, in the Eurozone, uh, and inflation data. So I suppose then staying with the dollar then, John, just to close off that side of the house, I suppose, then we have inflation later this week. Yes, so we've um, got, that's just key, re- when we look to this week, uh, the key release uh, in terms of the highlight and big focus for markets would be the US CPI report, uh, which is out uh, today, Tuesday. Uh, so, you know, the general trend in US inflation has been that it's been on a decelerating trend. So inflation is still uh, at high levels, uh, but it is starting to ease back. And that's been the trend, both in terms of headline uh, and core inflation. I suppose the key question is, is that 
core inflation has started to move lower, but will it prove sticky? As in, will it get back close to that two percent level at the respective central banks? Uh, so we get uh, an, we get a read on U.S. inflation in January uh, this week. So that market will pay close attention to that. And as I said, there's much more sensitivity around interest rate markets and currency markets uh, to those key releases now because the focus for markets is where will rates peak, and then the market then will look to well, when's the potential for rate policy start to be reversed and, and some rate cuts. Uh, coming into focus uh, and that's the mar- market mindset at the moment and over in the uk then some potential volatility this week again cpi in the calendar and labor data what can we expect there john yeah so we will look in the uk that uh, the inflation data there uh, similar to the us uh, shows a decelerating trend now it's in terms of the trajectory of this in the timeline the us was the first of the major advanced economies to start to see headline inflation uh, and then for core inflation uh, start to move lower uh, so the UK, we've also started to see that in the last couple of months. So we expect that trend uh, to continue, and that's what the consensus forecasts are. But I think the key thing will be is just how sticky is core underlying core inflation, and still very early. Uh, that really we won't know till mid year when we've had a couple of months of data uh, whether core inflation is on a sustained downward trajectory. And all the central banks want underlying inflation to be close to or in or around two uh, percent. Uh, so those releases are, are important. The potential for volatility. If you get a surprise uh, number versus uh, expectations on that. Thanks. And I suppose lastly to the Eurozone, fair to say relatively quiet week in terms of news flows this week, but we have some ECB members. Yeah, so uh, data-wise, uh, not a lot to excite you. If you do get excited by the economic <laughs> data in the first place, uh, from a Eurozone perspective, the focus will be much more so uh, on the US uh, and the UK. But uh, the market would pay close attention uh, from a central bank perspective, uh, we have President Lagarde speaking on Wednesday, uh, and also uh, the Chief Economist of the ECB, Philip Lane, speaking later in the week. So, what markets look to there is what guidance or what in updated insight we get from the ECB in terms of where their policy outlook mm-hmm. is at the moment. Anything we've heard over the last while, uh, you know, is in line with following the uh, meeting two weeks ago. You know, the expectation is 50 base points in March uh, and policy to remain restrictive for a period of time. In other words, no rate cuts you know, anytime soon as the ECB is not contemplating that, even though the market's factoring in the potential for that towards the end of this year, the early part of 24. Okay. Um, moving on just to foreign exchange, John, our customers will be closely watching the currencies. Now, you mentioned euro dollar earlier on. I mean, the first 10 days this month, euro dollar and cable moving in four, four cents plus ranges. What can we expect? Have we found a floor at 106, do you think, as we are outlook? Yeah, well, where we are at the moment, there's been a bit of volatility, all right, as you say, in, in, in euro dollar, uh, you know, broke back below 107 last week, but 106 does look like it's 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 the low point at the moment. Uh, you know, I think the key thing in terms of that pair, euro dollar, has been the fact over the last uh, number of months, especially in the last quarter of la- last year, the fact that the ECB started to get more aggressive in its pace. Uh, of rate hikes so that helped to underpin the euro but at the same time the market started to contemplate the fed was getting much nearer to its peak uh, and it is in terms of where we are uh, with the fed funds rate it's probably 50 basis points more priced in from that uh, so you know in terms of trading it's still been relatively narrow range trading uh, overall 
Uh, but uh, our view and our bias is still for upside in euro dollar, but we think the extent of that may be limited from here on out. So what do I mean? Well, if you think at the moment we're in a 106 to 107 range, we think it can get up uh, towards uh, the 110 uh, around the middle of this year into the second half of this year. But you know the level of increase, I don't think it's going to be as significant as we've seen over the last three to four months where euro dollar went from being below parity to back up above parity to trading uh, close to, to 110. I think the, the extent of any move higher in the euro dollar rate is more limited because from a eurozone perspective, uh, the economic outlook is still tricky with the war in Ukraine. Uh, energy supplies for next winter, not this winter, uh, could be a key issue. Uh, but we would have some bias for some mild upside in the euro dollar rate uh, as we move through this year, but probably not to the same extent of moves as we saw in the last quarter of 2022. Okay, and then I suppose then for euro sterling um, and cable then as well, I suppose, what's your expectations? Euro sterling, if you look at the moves you've seen over the last one, it's been fairly uneventful. Mm -hmm. You know, it's been tight range trading, probably in a 88 to 80 to 90p trading range. Uh, we would see uh, euro sterling trade slightly higher uh, around mid-year, the midpoint of a trading range in around 89p. Uh, the outlook for the UK economy is much more challenging than both the eurozone and the US because the UK economy is not just dealing with uh, monetary policy tightening interest rates this year, it also has to deal with fiscal policy tightening. Uh, and at the same time, the impact that Brexit continues to have on the trade side of the UK economy. Uh, so that's why we would have a, a bias uh, for the euro sterling rate to trades uh, slightly higher uh, as we move through this year because of much more challenging outlook uh, for the UK economy. And then room for some volatility when it comes to sterling dollars. Yeah, room for volatility across all those three pairs because of the fact that you know markets don't know for sure, and there's no certainty over where rates would peak in any of those uh, from respective central banks. Uh, and then when they do get to that peak level, as I said, the market's going to then be looking at, uh, well, when are rates going to reverse course and when we're going to start to see rate cuts. So I think there, you're going to see, uh, you know, indicative, reflective, we saw the reaction post payrolls uh, a few Fridays ago, uh, the reaction to that and what happened in the market. So I think that's going to be a theme through this year, the market much more reactive uh, to some key releases, especially in relation to inflation uh, and labour market updates, because they're what the central banks themselves are paying close attention to. Super stuff, John. Many thanks for the always comprehensive update. And a big thanks indeed to our customers, colleagues and listeners for joining us on our podcasts. As always, to stay up to date with latest market developments, please subscribe to AIB's Market Talk wherever you get your podcasts. And we'll talk to you again next time. Thanks for listening to the latest edition of AIB Market Talk. Allied Irish Bank's PLC is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. AIB NI is a trademark used under licence by AIB Group UK PLC. Authorised by the Prudential Regulation Authority and regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority and the Prudential Regulation Authority. Allied Irish Bank GB and Allied Irish Bank GB Savings Direct are trademarks used under licence by AIB Group UK PLC. Authorised by the Prudential Regulation Authority and regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority and the Prudential Regulation Authority.